Miss the young people to go to junior church now at this time with the Scarbellos. The rest of us will take our Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. First Thessalonians chapter number two this morning. Let's all stand as we read God's word. Give reverence to the word of God. It is special. It is precious. There's no other book like the word of God. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse number 17. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire, Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Let's pray. Father, tonight, today I pray that you would guide our thoughts and help us uh, to learn from thy word this morning. And Father, that may, we may realize that we have a real enemy that is there to oppose us and Lord, to do all that he can to stop our uh, work from, uh, your work from going forward and and are drawing closer to you. Father, I pray you'd bless in a mighty way. And God, I thank you for this time. Thank you for these people that are here. And Lord, we just love our Savior, Jesus Christ. How wonderful a Savior he is. And I love you today, dear God. And we look forward to being with you in, in your presence. We pray, Lord, if there's one that's listening today that may not know Jesus, I pray that the simple gospel would help their hearts to realize their need for the Savior and put their trust and faith in him. Lord, we do pray for the Preems today, uh, our missionaries in Ukraine. Pray, God, that you would be with them and help them today, bless them. And, uh, Lord, pray you'd that you protect them in this very uh, dangerous time. We'll give you all the praise, the honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Several years ago, Hal Lindsey, he had written a book, Late Great Planet uh, Earth, had written another book, called, entitled, uh, Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth. Uh, he was endeavoring to get Christians to wake up to the fact that Satan is alive and working in the world today. Uh, so many folk don't view Satan, as we shared last week, as a real threat to their personal, or to their spiritual life. They don't even view him as an enemy to be concerned about. But I submit to you in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, it declares, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the, uh, that are in the world. Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Last week we saw that Satan does all that he can to hinder the believer in living for God. When God convicts you or moves you in your heart to, uh, to walk with him, Satan will do all that he can to cut you off from doing that. He'll try to divert you from walking with God. When the Lord compels you to help someone in need or to be honest at the cash register, when somebody there is giving you too much money and, and you go back, Satan will supply you with all the excuses why you can't help somebody or he'll give you all the excuses why you should keep the money that somebody gave you which was not your own. Folks, I submit to you, uh, Satan not only, as we saw, Satan not only... Um, does all that he can to hinder, as we saw in this verse. Paul wanted to come to these Thessalonians. He wanted to encourage them. He wanted to help them. That was his desire, but Satan hindered him. He cut him off so that he was not able to go. Not only does Satan, we, we learned last week, not only does Satan hinder the believer, but he also tempts the believer to do wrong. We saw last week how that Satan tempted Eve to eat of the tree of good and evil, which God had said, don't eat of that tree. Satan got her to question the authority of God's word. Yea, hath God said. And God does that. He gets us to question the authority of God's word. Well, is that really what God said? Is that really what God means? And then, it's not long, as it did with Eve, he gets you to deny the word of God. And that's what Satan did. He denied 
Well, ye shall not surely die. Uh, Satan wants you to doubt the word of God, and then he wants you to deny the word of God and live your own way. Uh, she partook of the fruit, gave it to Adam, and we know that Adam willfully, uh, Eve, the Bible says, she was deceived, but Adam, he willfully understood what that was all about. And when she gave them that fruit, he partook of that fruit. And the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 5, by, 5, verse 12, it says, For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and uh, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. What was the result? Death. Man was shut off toward God. Man died, started to die physically. The Bible goes on to say in Genesis 3, verses 14 through 24, that thorns and thistles and sorrow and pain were all byproducts of this thing of sin. We saw, as last week, we saw that Satan tempted David. You know, David was a, God had blessed David. God had raised him up. God had blessed him in, in so many ways. He had, he had people. He had uh, things. And he told, uh, the Bible says that Satan provoked David to number the, the men that he had as, as warriors. You say, well, why would he do that? Well, look at all the warriors I've got. I can go to battle with this great host. David before was trusting in the Lord. And Satan had provoked him. You know what? It would be good for you to know you don't need to really trust in the Lord like you used to. That's one of the dangers as Christians. As, God, as we walk with God and we walk and follow the principles of God and God says, trust me, and we trust him, and we see God answer, and then if we're not careful what happens, we begin to live the Christian life in the flesh. And we don't need God's help so much anymore like we used to. God just get me through the day. That's how we used to be. Now, well, you know what? I'm a mature Christian, and, and I've grown up, and I don't really need the Lord. Folks, can I tell you something? The older you get in the Lord, the more you need the Lord. I need the Lord more now today than I've ever needed him in my life in the past. I need his power. I need his presence. I need him to guide me. I need him to help me, to show me the direction, the way that I ought to go. David got caught up in his pride. And when you and I, when we get caught up in our pride, we don't think we need the Lord. What was the result? 70,000 people died because of David's sin. Satan didn't have to lift up his hand against Israel. He just provoked David to sin, and he let God bring judgment upon Israel because of David's sin. I wonder if God... Or I wonder if Satan has provoked us to go on a wrong path. And because of that, it's affected our family. It's affected our loved ones. It's affected our nation, folks. You know, Satan tried to tempt our Savior, Jesus Christ, but uh, uh, he was victorious over the devil. I'm glad God put that in there in Matthew chapter 4 where it talks about Jesus Christ. Every time Satan would come with a new temptation, Jesus countered with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He quoted to Satan the Word of God and let God be his, let God be his defense. Let the Word of God be his answer for the devil. You know, the, somebody has said this, when the devil comes to knocking, you need to just tell the, turn it over to the Lord and let the Lord do the answering. When Satan said, turn the rock to bread, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When Satan took Jesus up to the, up to the temple, and, and the pinnacle was a high place on the temple, and he said, now, Jesus, just cast yourself down because it is written. You know, Satan knows how to use the scripture and twist it. He says, uh, the angels will bear thee up, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus goes back and he says, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I love that verse. That's a great one. He's putting Satan in his place. I'm the Lord. You're God. I, I'm God, not you. Uh, Satan goes and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, All these, will I, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. All the kingdoms of the world, all the glory. Look at all the glitz and the glamour. Look at all the wealth. Look at all this. I'll give it to you. Jesus came back said, It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. 
You know, the Bible is one of the two offensive weapons which the believers have at their disposal. The other is prayer. Folks, prayer is important in your life. And it's amazing how many Christians don't pray. Boy, pastor, I'm so busy, I don't have time to pray. I'm so busy, I'm doing all these things. Folks, you, don't, you're, you're, you, you need to set aside time to pray. I like what Spurgeon is. He has a book called Prayer, and he, he talks about uh, shotgun-type prayer. And that is, you're praying a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, all throughout the day. It's not just one time of prayer, although that's important, but praying and keeping the Lord in your thoughts throughout the day. As you're going to the store and, and you need a parking spot, well, I can take care of that. I don't need the Lord. Why not ask the Lord to give you a good parking spot? Hey, he does that. I'm telling you. He does that. It's amazing what the Lord, when you're going and buying something, why not ask the Lord, Lord, you know what? I sure need a good buy on this. Or, you know what? The, on the shelves, the shelves are all, you know, many of the places are bare now. Why not say, Lord, you know what? I sure need this product. Well, would you please provide the product? Kimberly, we were, we were talking about that the other day, and there was one product that she needed, and they were saying they were out of it, they didn't have it, and guess what? On the bottom shelf, in the back, that was where the product was. Folks, can I tell you something? God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He wants to prove himself strong in the behalf of those who walk uprightly. He wants you to walk close to him so he can bless you. He says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you, thoughts of peace. God wants you to have peace. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to, to, to prosper as a Christian. We, like Jesus, can be victorious over the devil if we follow the Lord's example. James 4, 7, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. Jesus resisted him through the scripture. And he will flee from you. You know what happens is this. The devil comes and he tempts and people say, well, you know what? I can handle it. I can handle it in my own strength. You know, I, I, won't, I won't give in to this. I won't give in to that wrong television program. And that commercial comes across and all of a sudden they got you hooked. You go across, go into an area in a store that is a temptation to you you know that you're going to fall, and you go in that way. Or you drive down a certain place and go to a certain thing. Folks, may I share with you that the devil knows your weaknesses. And he knows where you'll fall. So you need to go to the Lord. You know, turn with me to Jude chapter number 1. I think this is so important. Jude chapter number 1, we find dealing with temptation as we were looking last week. Jude is the is the second to the last book of the Bible. In Jude chapter 1, verse number 9, it says, Yet Michael, the archangel, he's one of the great ruling angels. He's the, rule, he's the angel that is the, the prince who protects the nation of Israel right now. And he was their, their angel, their archangel. It says, Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. When Moses had died... Satan, according to kind of the indication of the scripture, wanted to get the, get the body of Moses and inhabit that body, to get it to stand back up and speak. And can you imagine what he would say? All that stuff that I've told you is all wrong. That, don't believe any of that. But God sent Michael the archangel to... to take this body, he was going to, God was going to use uh, Moses again, and he is. In fact, Moses is going to be in Jerusalem during tri the tribulation time. He's going to stand and he's going to preach for the, first, uh, for the first three and a half years there. And I believe he's going to be there with Elijah. Uh, we know that Elijah's coming back. Moses, I believe, is the other one. Here the Bible says, and uh, it says, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, Durst not bring against him a railing accusation. Oh, devil, you're nasty. You're not, you're not you know, up to my strength. That's not what he did. Notice what he did. But said, the Lord rebuked thee. He called upon the power of the Lord to overcome the evil one. Folks, can I tell you something? You and I, we're not strong enough in our own strength to overcome Satan. But there is a God who loves us and he has put his son, Jesus Christ, in our hearts. 
Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world, the devil, and all of his forces. How wonderful to have that assurance. We don't have, as the song said, that, we, the, choir, that the choir is saying, you know, we don't have to, to give in to the devil. We can stand, and we can move forward. And I'll tell you what, he is, he is alive and well. He's doing all that he can to try, to try to stop the work of God. But I'm here today to tell you that the word of God and the, and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is still going to go forward. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And when you, sit, when you lead a person to Christ, when a person gets saved, you're snatching them out of the pit of hell and you're uh, bringing them into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. How wonderful that is. We still have that today. We can still see that. So today we're going to cons consider a couple more areas dealing with the strategies of the devil, the wiles of the devil. Satan has a strategy. Satan has a plan. He's not one up there and say, well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. No, 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 I'm telling you, Satan has a strategy, just like a battle plan. He knows what he wants to do. He knows the direction he wants to go. So what is Satan? We saw, as we've, as we've already mentioned, he hinders the saints. He tempts the saints. Well, let me share with you that Satan blinds the minds of those who are lost. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 3. Paul is speaking here to the church at Corinth and he says this, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. It's important to note as you look at this portion of Scripture in verse number 4, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which are lost, or which the, uh, of them which believe not. That word God, if you look there, it's a small g. It's not referring to the God of heaven. That small g is referring to Satan. It's one of the names of Satan, one of the titles of Satan. He is referred to as the God of this world. As we read just a moment ago in Matthew uh, chapter 4 when, when uh, G uh, Satan was tempting Jesus and he was saying, all the kingdoms of the world I will give thee. Satan has power. God has allowed him to have power and control. He is a small G, small God of this world. He's not the great God. He's the small one. Remember last week we saw that Satan tried to overthrow the God, the true and living God, and he got kicked out of heaven. He fell like lightning. The true and living God has greater power than Satan. So uh, when we think of, of this verse here, it says, uh, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. Keep your finger there, but go to Ephesians chapter 2, to the right from where you are, and uh, verses 1 through 3. Satan is the small g, small God of this world. And if our gospel be hid, if we keep the gospel, the good news, you say, what's the, the gospel? It's the good news. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, talks about the gospel. Verse 3 and 4 talk about what the gospel is. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's where we stand. That's how we stand as a Christian to know we're going to heaven. We stand in the gospel. Praise God. Are you there? Yeah. You know what? You say, well, pastor, I, I was standing in, in Galilee Baptist Church and believing that Galilee, Church, Galilee Baptist Church is going to get me to heaven. I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. Um, it's only in the gospel wherein we stand. You and I are standing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he has died for my sins. He was buried, and the third day he rose again. Well, Pastor, I thought I was standing in my, in the, in my heritage, my, my grandma and my grandpa who were Christians, and, and they were wonderful people, and they did great things, and they were so religious, 
and they went to church all the time. That's what I thought I was standing in in order to get, go to heaven. No, no, the standing, the way that we know that we are saved is the gospel. We believe that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's how we know we're saved. And if that gospel that we have as Christians in our heart, we receive Christ as our Savior, be hid. It's hid to those who are lost, to those who do not know Jesus as their Savior. As we go back to Second, or excuse me, Ephesians uh, chapter number two, verse one, it says, "And you have He talking of God, have He quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins." When you and I, when we got saved, when we believed the gospel, we, were, we were, had been dead in our sins, but he makes us alive in Jesus Christ. Wherein in time past, before we were saved, time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. Hey, this world's on a course. It's got a direction. It's going in a certain way. And can I tell you something? The world, if you're following the world's course, it's not going God's way. You can see it if you just look at it long enough and look at it in the light of God's word. The world is not going God's way. The course of this world, notice the next part. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, that Power, uh, the prince of the power of the air. It's another title or another name for Satan. Satan is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh. And that, that Greek word is the word ergon. It's the word energizes. Satan is energizing the course the world that the, this world's going on. Hey, you hear in the news today and I, uh, about Russia getting ready to invade Ukraine. By the way, please pray for the Primes. There are missionaries there. Uh, America, uh, the United States is getting ready to pull their ambassador and the, those people out of there because they, it looks like it's going to be war. Well, our missionaries are there too. We need to be praying for them. Uh, you know, that God would keep them safe. They could wind up in a situation like Afghanistan, uh, which, was a, was a, which was a debacle. Uh, folks, may I share with you, we need to pray for them. But Satan is the one who's behind the, that war going in there. And China looking to go into Taiwan and these different areas and war. Uh, the Bible says, where come wars and rumors of wars? Don't they not come from your lust in the book of James chapter 4, verse number 1 and 2? You know, you have a desire to have, want and, and you can't have. And, and you, you want to have it, but you can't obtain it. Folks, that's exactly where people are today selfish and looking to themselves. Hey, well, where does that all come from? It comes from Satan. He's the one who has a direction, a course for this world. That's where we used to live. Look at verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. So that's where we all lived. In the time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfill, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Folks, before we were saved, we were children of wrath. God says his wrath was upon us. And it was only by his mercy that he allowed us to live and did not just take away his hand and let us fall into hell. By his long-sufferingness, giving us an opportunity to receive Christ as our Savior. Satan is the one who energizes the thinking of this world. Satan tries to get people to focus on their flesh and on their feelings. You know, the attitude, if it feels good, what? Do it. Feels good, do it. Oh, you know what? Drinking booze, oh, it'll make you feel, be it'll make you feel better and you'll be a better person. I came across this. I thought this was rather interesting to try to help us to kind of see the contrast between what the world says and what the Bible says. Ten reasons why I drink. First one, I enjoy vomiting. Number two, my wife likes my breath and blurry eyes. My children respect me more. I hope to win the Safe Driving Award. I plan to encourage juvenile delinquency. 
I want to pr provide more good citizens such as bartenders and pub operators. I can think so clearly when I'm drunk. I collect bottles. Drinking saves the cost of buying them. I look forward to retiring in a flop house on Skid Row. I want to prove the Bible is right when it says, wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Proverbs 20, verse number 1. Folks, can I tell you something? Alcohol and drinking and drunkenness has broken up homes, has destroyed uh, nations and families, and people are saying, well, you know what? Just, we, 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 want the, we want the booze and we want all that type of stuff. Can I tell you something? The Prohibition Act that was established, people that were pushing for that were people like Billy Sunday, an evangelist, because he, he was a, had been an alcoholic. He had seen the damage that had been done. He was going about telling people, you know what? This stuff destroys your homes. It destroys your thinking. It destroys your life. And how many people's lives have been destroyed by booze? So, well, pastor, just a little drink. Oh, yes. Go ahead and read Proverbs chapter 23. When it talks about who hath woe. Who hath, that word woe, W-O-E, is, is judgment. Who, does, who, got, who, brings, who gets God's judgment? Those people that drink. Folks, I'm telling you, it will destroy you. Oh, just a little drink. I'm telling you, don't even take the first, the first little drink. If it feels good, do it. That's the world's philosophy. That's what Satan says. Satan's philosophy, follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Remember a young lady that was in our church. She was in our Christian school, and she was going to another uh, she was going to another church with another one of her friends who was in our Christian school, and they were, uh, they were talking to me one day, and they said, well, uh, they were talking about what they were going to do with their life, and this one girl just kind of flippantly says, well, I'm going to follow my heart. Now, I know I shouldn't have done this, but as a pastor, I just started laughing because that's so foolish to follow your heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And that's what I told her. I said, you can't even, you don't even know your own heart. And you're going to follow your heart? I said, it's going to lead you in a way that's away a, a, a from God. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, Proverbs 14, 12. You know what? Lot followed his heart and he pitched his tent toward Sodom, that wicked city. And it wasn't long before Sodom uh, was, or, excuse me, Lot was in Sodom and his testimony for God was shot. When, he, when God was going to destroy Sodom and he's, as he's going, you know, he had to send two angels and, to take him out and Lot went to his sons-in-law and said, hey, we got to get out of here now. God's going to destroy this. And the sons-in-law said, oh, you're ridiculous. They mocked him. And so they took the daughters and the wife, and they went out, and, and, and Lot's wife followed her heart too. God says, don't look back. And when the fire came down, the Bible says Lot's wife looked back, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Followed her heart. Proverbs 28, verse 26 it says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Folks, may I share with you that Satan is the one who tells you, just do what your flesh feels good to your flesh. Just, just follow your heart. The Bible says that, sight, that Satan, as we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says in verse 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. That word blinded means to make blind, to be blunt of mental discernment. 
You can't understand. Satan blinds the minds of people. And you know, some of the most intelligent, what we classify in the world as being intelligent people, are the people that have their, their, their ability to understand has been, has been uh, dulled. They can't understand the truth. Much of in science, in the area of what we call science today, and evolution, where the scientists are saying, well, we all know that we came from a, a Big Bang. No, we didn't come from a Big Bang. Well, all the evidence proves to it. There's no transitional forms going from one, trans, from one form into something else. That's the reason why when you go and, and you and school, and when the young people are going and they say, well, these are all the branches of all the dogs and all the cats, and, and they all come down, and, and you know, the, the, we're getting it on the radio and on the TV and from the teachers, and they're, they're talking about all this. Folks, can I tell you something? There is no... God created the species in the instant of time, just like he said he did. And that's what we see. You say, well, pastor, you know the geologic ages. You know, the rock, rock formation. Okay, and how do they determine that? Well, you know, pastor, this is how they determine it. They, it's very simple. At so many millions of years ago, there were these little... There were these little uh, um, uh, monocellular type uh, things in the, in the strata. And as time goes on, they, got, they became more and more complex. And, uh, and so we see these, if we see these things in here, we know it's this many years old. And we see it at this stage in the rock, this many years old. And we see it at this stage, there's so many years, uh, so many years old. And I say, okay, now how did you determine how old they were? Oh, it's because the fossils in the strata of the rock. Well, who determined the, who determined the age of the the, the rocks, well, it's the fossils that are in the strata that determine the age of the rocks. Well, how do you determine the, the age of the fossils? It's the, it's the rocks. You have to assume. And that's what they do. That's what they, that's what they do. It, what really throws them a curve is when you've got things that they think are so old on the new end. On the, top of the, on top of the hills. The flood explains it. Yep. It's amazing. We got books in our bookstore dealing with this very issue. The Genesis Flood by Henry Morris and Whitcomb. We got some great stuff. If you like some technical things, there's some great, great points of being able to look through it. If, you, if that's where you like to go, we got some of that are simpler for some of us. But may I share with you that Satan blinds the minds. Let me give you just a few. We're going to be looking at the at this again tonight in the evening service, but how does Satan blind the minds of the people so that they will not believe? Because that's what he says here in 2 Corinthians. Notice verse 4 again. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest, here's the reason why, lest the light of the glorious gospel, and the gospel is what? Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, and the, uh, according to the scriptures, and the third day he arose again according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So how does Satan blind the minds? Those scientists or the different people or, or educated folk that we look at are just normal people. Satan blinds. His strategy is to blind people's minds. Number one, by encouraging them to look to another God rather than the true and living God. Satan doesn't care what God you have, just as long as you don't look to the true and the living God. You could make this microphone your God. You say, well, pastor, I want my God to go with me everywhere. Well, that, well, that works out pretty good. I'll just put him in my pocket, and I've got it. You know what? People that wear those little things around their neck, you know what, I, I, put this, I put this little uh, this little Christopher medal around my neck, it's become a god. Because that god, that, that's going to do what? It's going to protect me, just like this microphone's going to protect me. I tell you what, if I'm in a car accident, this microphone's not going to help me. I'm going to say, help! Don't let me get in this accident! Help, help! You know, 
You say, Pastor, that's ridiculous. Exactly. Satan doesn't care if you have another God. It doesn't matter what it is. Just as long as you don't have the true and living God. Look with me to Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 20. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 20. Let's go back to verse 19. Because that which may be known of God, so you understand we're talking about God, is manifest in them and mankind, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him, the him is God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Can I tell you something? The birds of the air and the dogs and the cats and the animals cannot understand that there's a God. But we can understand. God has given us. We are not an animal. The world would tell us that we're an animal. You know why they want to do that? Because if you're an animal, you should act like an animal. But God created man and women. He created us special, and we are a special creation from God. God made us made a male and female. And I heard the other yesterday, and I was just it just sickens me how that out in California, the public school teachers are trying to groom the children to, to accept the transgender way of life, to, to remove the, the, the difference between male and female. Folks, can I tell you something? God made us that way. It's not man's thought, well, I, I think I'm going to call myself a male. No, God made them male and female. It's God's work, and man wants to get away from the things of God and want to make everything unisex, to break down the barriers. If there's no barriers, then anything goes. But I'm here today to tell you that this book right here sets the barriers. It sets what is truth and what is right. And folks, may I share with you, in the day in which we live, we better get hooked to this book and understand what God has said and live by God's word because it is becoming more and increasingly difficult for people to, to, to know what's right and wrong. But you read this book and you'll understand. You'll have an answer for your questions. Well, you know, I don't know whether I'm, I'm a guy or a girl. Well, let me ask you a question. How, you know... You, let me give you an example. When you, you see on the bathrooms, they have those, the, lady, the pe ladies have the little dresses. That's for the ladies. And the guys have the pants. Well, we don't want to have that because we want to be able to go. Folks, we are seeing the results of that wickedness in public schools. Folks, we need to get back to the Bible. That is the answer. Get, because this book points us back to our God. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his e eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, when mankind knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. What do you mean darkened? They were blinded. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. Well, you know what? You are your own God. So I'll make a little, I'll make a little idol here, and I, uh, it looks like man or it looks like a woman. Hey, that's what I'm going to worship. I'm going to bow down. I'm going to pray to that, and I'm expecting that to do something for me. I'm expecting it to get me to heaven. It can't take care of you down here. How is it going to get you to heaven? It can't hear, as the Bible says, can't hear, and it can't speak. And into birds, oh, pastor, the eagles. We, we worship the eagles. You know, we're, we're part of this Indian religion that worships nature and stuff. Can I tell you something? Worshiping of Mother Nature, if you trace it back, is nothing new. It's, it's old. It's a worshiping a different God. It's Satan's ploy to blind the minds of people to get their thoughts away from God. And when you hear on the radio, well, you know, the, we just need, you can see now Mother Earth is really, she's just, uh, you know, the storm is from Mother Earth. No, there's no Mother Earth. There's a Father God. 
And folks, can I tell you something? They're just trying to brainwash you to, and brainwash people in general to look to another God other than the true and living God. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to the uncleanness through their lust, to their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who's blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile, wicked, dishonorable, disgracing things, affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. Folks, this is talking about homosexuality and lesbianism. This is what this is talking about. They don't want God. I'm telling you today, I want what I want. I've got a different God. And likewise also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly. In other words, uh, that word unseemly is the idea of uncommonly. It's deformed. It's, it's indecent. And receiving in themselves that recompense of the air which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That word reprobate just means a slave mind. You know, there's a progression as you start going down further and further away from God. I've got an, my own God. I don't want the true and living God. I, I'm moving away into a different direction away from these things. And then he goes on to say, here's what happens to these dear folk. God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness. And fornication, Greek word pornea. Pornography is part of this stuff. People get into that. Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, that idea there, that, that maliciousness, wickedness that is not ashamed to break laws. That's what maliciousness is. Not ashamed to break laws. Things that are, that are God has established as laws or, or man's laws. Hey, it's okay, maliciousness. Can I tell you something? that they're graffitiing these buildings and, and doing all this wickedness that you're seeing, maliciousness, it's a result of people getting away from God. And away from the, they told God, no, I'm going to be my own God. Maliciousness, full of envy and murder and debate and deceit and malignity, that's bad character, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Where do the kids come up with this idea of being disobedient to parents? Can I tell you something? It comes from a place called the pit of hell. It comes from Satan, who is the prince of the power of the air, the, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Without natural affection, that idea there, they're unsociable. Unsociable? What do you mean? We're going to isolate ourselves. Unsociable. Implacable. Cannot be uh, persuaded to enter into that which is right. Implacable. Unmerciful. Who knowing the judgments of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Say, Pastor, what does Satan do? He blinds the minds of people. He gets them to change to a different God. He doesn't care if you worship an eagle. He doesn't care if you worship a frog. You know those plagues that you had down there in, in Egypt, those ten plagues? Those things that lice and the frog, those were things that were worshipped by the Egyptians. Okay, well, we got the frogs. We're worshipping the frogs. Bow down to the frog. Can you imagine? How ridiculous. Get one of those big, fat bullfrogs. I, I used to, we, I remember as a kid out there in, in Igo, we had those, those bullfrogs, and man, they got some long legs. We, and we had a, we were having a school, uh, a school party, and we were going to have a frog jumping contest. And so you had to get a bullfrog. And so I went out to one of these slimy pits where they had these big, huge bullfrogs, and trying to get them, you, you're getting messed. 
you know, all messed up, trying to get one of these big bullfrogs. But could you imagine? I could just imagine putting this bullfrog down and sitting right there and bowing down in front of this bullfrog. I will follow you, dear bullfrog. Whatever you say, I will do. See, Pastor, how ridiculous is that? Yeah, but that's what they were doing. I'll bring you food, bullfrog. You don't have to worry. You don't have to work. I'll take care of you. Mm. Mm. Real intelligent, huh? You say, Pastor, hey, Satan doesn't care if you worship a bullfrog. He doesn't care if you worship your ancestors, folks. A lot of people worship their ancestor. Why in India they got cows that are coming through and they worship they worship cows. China worships their ancestors. Ancestors, you know, people have their cows in India. The people are starving to death and they've got cows that are, well, the cow wants to come into your house, open the doors and let him have whatever he wants. I'll tell you, I'd say, yeah, come on in. <laughs> right over here, we got a we got a we got a, a knife and a stove. We'll take care of that right here. Hey, they're starving to death. We should help them. Yeah, we'll just start killing the cows. Well, pastor, you can't do that. That's their religion. I understand. But I'm telling you, the chorus of this world is Satan. And he's telling people you can worship those things, and those people are starving because they're believing a lie. How about yourself? You can worship yourself. How many people do that? They do. They worship themselves. Hey, I'm going, to be the, I'm going to be the determiner. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. When you start saying that, can I tell you something? You have become your own God. You know what? You can worship your children. You can put children in the, the place of God in your life. Well, I, I can't go to church because my children, when my children grow up, then, and, and they're all grown up, then, then, then I will, I will uh, you know, once they're grown up, then I'll turn my life over to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? You put your children in the place of God in your life. And that's a dangerous place because God can take your children. Or as I said, Mother Earth. Or Satan himself to be your God. A lot of people are turning to Satan today. May I share with you, if you're not looking to the true and the living God, the God of the Bible, you are under Satan's control. You are worshiping Satan. You say, what are you saying, Pastor? If I worship this, I'm worshiping Satan. You got it. There's only two forces in this world. God and Satan. Jesus told the Pharisees who were religious people, he said, year of your father the devil. Let's go over there. John chapter um, 8, verse 44. John 8, verse 44. Here he's talking to some people that were, I mean, they were religious. They were the people that, they thought they were the cat's meow. Look to us. Jesus said that they were blind leaders of the blind. John 8, 44, he said this, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Folks, either we're saved and we're children of God or we are the children of the devil. The course of this world is under the control of the God, small g, of this world. The prince of the power of the air, the children who works in the children of disobedience. We're either living under the economy and the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ or we're living under Satan. Satan doesn't care what God you look to just as long as it's not God, the God of heaven. Oh, you'll hear people say, well, you know, Pastor, it doesn't matter whether you call it Allah. As a Masonic folk, as you get up high into the place, they, they worship Baal. Say, it doesn't matter as long as you, you know, just as long, we're all, it's all just different names for the same God. No, it is not. Those are different false gods. There's only one God. It's the God of the Bible. First John 5, 19 says, And we know that we are of God. The whole world lieth in wickedness. In the Greek, it's this idea, he, it, the whole world lieth in the wicked one. Folks, 
when we think about the direction of this world, 7.4 billion people, kind of goes up all the time and it's really hard to keep up with it. Uh, 7.4 I think was the last time I looked. Of the 7.4 billion people, the majority of the people are not going God's way. They're not following God's way. There's a few that are going God's way. You say, well, how do you know, Pastor? Well, turn with me to Matthew for a second. And with this, we're going to close today. Matthew. Chapter 7 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Jesus is speaking here. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. If you could picture up here today, and you see, a, you see the door over here, I'll use this as an illustration, the door right there, it says, this is the way to go to heaven. That way is broad. You can just, whatever you want to do, just follow your heart. You can believe in whatever God you want to believe. You can do whatever good work you want to do. It, it doesn't matter what you do. We're all going to wind up in heaven someday, and it's a broad way. But Jesus says, let me tell you about that broad road, that broad way. It's going to lead you to destruction. And many there be that go in there at. Oh, you know what? I like that way because you know what? I think I can have a part of my salvation. I can, I can create my own salvation to get there. But notice the next verse. Because, verse 14 says, but because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. This picture over here, this road door over here, picture, if you would, a narrow door. It's not, it's not as wide as this one. This is broad. I mean, you can get a whole lot of folk to go through that one. That's true. But this road is narrow. Interesting. Look what he says. Because straight is the gate. You know, we hear these terms. Oh, you're, you're, you're claiming to be straight. Hey, that's not a bad thing, folks. Straight means you're going the right way. You're going a narrow path. It's exactly the biblical idea here. That's why the devil, who is encouraging this world to take this term and to make us, you're straight, amen, praise God. This is where it's coming from. It's coming from the, the, the position we take is on the word of God. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. You say, well, this way is real narrow. I mean, it's, how narrow is it? Well, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That's pretty narrow. Hey, it's not by your ancestors that you get to heaven. It's not, by, it's not by your good works that you get to heaven. It's not by how much money you give that it gets you to heaven. It's not by any of those things that get you to heaven. It's only by Jesus Christ believing that Jesus died for your sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried and the third day rose again, according to the scriptures. And I believe it, and I ask Jesus to be my Savior, and that's how I know I'm going to heaven. That's the only way you can get to heaven. The Bible says, and few there be that find it. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Hey, Jesus Christ was God's grace gift. A merciful gift from a loving God. He has appeared to all men. And folks, it's what we do with that gift which determines whether or not we're going to go to heaven or not. Whether I will receive Jesus and enter in the narrow way, which Jesus said is the only way to get to heaven. Or I'm going to be like the rest of the world, the Broadway, into destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Today, as we think about this idea of Satan blinding the minds of the lost, has he blinded your mind today? Have you believed that idea? It doesn't matter what God you have, just as long as you have a God, you get to heaven. That's not how it works, folks. 
Satan has blinded your mind. Satan has told you a lie. And that lie is going to end you up in hell. Lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine into you. What I shared with you today is the gospel. And I'm going to read it with you one last time. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. I want you to see it's right here in the word of God. People say, well, I don't know what the gospel is. Oh, it's right here in the word of God. Dear Christian, you ought to mark this down. When people ask you, what's the gospel? The, gospel, the word gospel means good news. It is good news. Not bad news, it's good news. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, Paul speaking, I declare unto you, notice, the gospel. Here's the gospel, it's coming up. Which I preached unto you, which ye have received. You've got to receive the gospel. It's not enough to just hear it. You've got to receive it. Oh, I've heard the gospel. Yeah, I understand, you've heard it. You've been in church, and many of you have heard the gospel over and over and over and over and over again, and the devil blinds your minds by telling you something like this. Oh, why don't you wait for a more convenient time to receive the gospel? Once you've lived your life and you're ready to die, then do it. What if you're in a coma? What if you're taken suddenly, don't have an opportunity to receive the gospel? The Bible says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I have preached unto you what ye also received, and wherein ye stand. You're standing, if you're a Christian, you're standing in the gospel today, by which also you are what? You're saved. You're saved by the gospel. How am I saved? I'm saved by the gospel. If ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, for I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. That's the Gospel. Are you standing today in the Gospel? Are you saved by the Gospel today? If not, the broad road is where you're headed. You better get on the path that's straight. There's only one way, and it's Jesus Christ. Don't let the devil confuse you. It's simple. You must be born again. You've got to be born from above. And you can only be born through Jesus Christ in receiving the gospel. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray today for those that have heard the message from your word. Lord, Satan has been a master at blinding the minds of people. He blinds them so effectively. He gets them to get off course and to accept anything rather than the truth. The truth that there is a God. A truth that a God says that one day we will stand before him and have to give an account. The truth that Jesus is God's son who died, was buried and rose again, who died for their sins. Lord, I pray today that the eyes of people would be opened. Lord, you would open their eyes, help them to see. Today is the day of salvation if they will only receive what you've done already for them. It's not something they have to do. It's they just must receive Jesus as their Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you right now, are you 100% sure that you are saved, that you're on your way to heaven? What, where is your standing today? say, well, pastor, I'm standing on my good works. I won't get you to heaven. I'm trusting in, in, in my, my relatives. I won't get you to heaven. I'm trusting in my church. I won't get you to heaven. The only thing that's going to get you to heaven is the gospel. Today, let me challenge you to receive Christ as your Savior. He stands at your heart's door right now, and he's knocking. And he says, if any man will open the door, he will come in and sup with him and he with him. Folks, today you can be saved. I implore you, please, receive Christ as your Savior. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. I beg you to please come and get saved today. I'll be right here in front. You can come and say, Pastor, I want to ask Jesus to be my Savior. I need him to be my Savior right now. He'll save you if you will. For some of us today, you say, Pastor, I've been saved. I asked Jesus to be my Savior, but I've never been baptized. Let me encourage you. The first 
act of obedience once we're saved is to follow in believer's baptism. When we stand in the tank of water, it pictures death, Jesus' death on the cross. When we go under the water, it pictures the, that burial. When we come up out of the water, it pictures his resurrection. I believe Jesus died for me. He was buried and rose again. That's what it's all about. And if you're saved and you, do, and you know Christ is your Savior, you, you must be baptized. That's an act of obedience. I'm going to follow Jesus. Let me encourage you to come. If you want to join the church in a moment, just come. Dear Father, we just pray right now for these that are here. And Lord, you know the hearts. I pray, God, if they don't know Jesus as their Savior, I pray today that the gospel's been clear. We've said it over and over and over again. But Lord, I know that Satan would like to blind the mind of those that don't believe, lest they, un they see the gospel in its clarity and receive Jesus. I pray, Lord, you take away the blinders. Bind Satan, Lord, that the people might see. Father, we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in this invitation time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Brother Scott's going to lead us in a song of invitation. And as he leads us, if you're not sure you're saved, if you're not 100% sure you're saved, I want to implore you, please come and get saved today. Don't leave this place. Don't let Satan blind your eyes any longer. Accept Christ as your Savior. If you've been saved and you say, I know Jesus is my Savior, what's, what, what, now what do I do? It's time to be baptized. It's time to come and identify with Jesus Christ. The tank of water is just water. It's all it is. There's nothing magical about the water. It just pictures Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's what we need to do. And Jesus himself was baptized as an example for us. Today, if you want to join the church, let me encourage you to come. God wants to work in your heart and life. Are we listening? Don't let the devil have his way. Remember, Jesus never fails. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Brother Scott, what number?